Okay, so uh, so yesterday we uh, we tried to explain a little bit the end of uh, of Pischaf, where we was talking about Achayz Beznavai holding on to the tail, finding finding the elokus or trying to find the the positive in Godness in the world. Right, as he talked about Znavai, right, that uh, Zion, that there's seven times fifty-two, right, that the Okay, I don't know if I, if I start to explain, it's going to take up the whole time. But uh, anyway, the, the the seven kings of Esau represent every, you know, the uh, all of all of, all of Gashmias that that seems to pull us down and pull us away. All the Esau, the you know, aspects of reality that pulls us away from the Rebbeinu Shloim. Everything comes from Hashem's name, and and it comes from seven different names of Yudkevavke, each one equal to Gashmias fifty-two, right? Because if it's it's called. So that's 52. And we said, that's what he's saying, that, that even within that universe of the Zion, of the seven times the word Ben, right, there's elikus, there's godliness, there's avodis Hashem that has to be done. And we explained that, that, that the, way, the way we perceive it in avodis Hashem is, is that instead of looking at the world in such a divided way of seven separate, you know, 52s, if the the way to even approach the world is by trying to see a unity, trying to bring it all together, and so the way the Mukabalim is to look at it instead of instead of uh, seven different names of Yudkevavke, it's one name of Yudkevavke. Each and each letter of Yudkevavke is not is you know it's a klal in Pnimisatayra that the piece of something is also a reflection of the whole thing. So the unity is so deep. That it's not just one Yud Kevavke, all of all of reality, the seven kings of Esav is not just one Yud Kevavke. Each letter of Yud Kevavke is also the entirety of Yud Kevavke. This Malish, unity within unity, and that Yud Kevavke that each letter is a piece of is not the Yud Kevavke fifty-two, which is the lowest. Is in fact Yud Kevavke seventy-two, which is the highest. So seventy-two times four is two hundred eighty-eight, and that's the two hundred eighty-eight Nitzutzei Kedusha, sparks of Kedusha that exist in the world. So there's, again, we first engage in the world seeing it as Yud Kevavke of 52, which is low, low, low. Not only is it low, but it's also separated into seven different ones. So it's all over the place. It's just, you know, nothing doing. But the way of Tikkun, the way of dealing with Olam Haz in a positive way is, number one, not to see them as separate, but to try to find a unity, which is the Rabbanish Olam. So they're unified into one Yud Kevavke. And that one Yud Kevavke is itself... Uh, complete unity that each letter is a reflection of the entire Yud Kevavke, and the Yud Kevavke that it's a unity of, that it's a reflection of, is not the lowest one, it's the highest one, 72. That's 288. And that's Misra Pechas, right? The Pasuk says that Ruach Lakim, after the world is, is defined as it's all terrible. And that's this, the, the, the destruction of the seven kings of Esav, that, that uh, the way of Tayyavavayu. And so the Pasuk says, Ruach Lakim, but the Ruach of Mashiach, which is our Avaida to bring Tik into the world, Misrachefes Lopinayim is hovering over the waters, Mace Rapach. That what looks like is dead, truth is it has contained within it Rapach 288 Nitzutzi So, you know, so I, I mentioned yesterday a cliffhanger. So what was the cliffhanger? The cliffhanger was how many how many Kedusha are left already? It's the whole, the whole means the whole, the whole universe, from the beginning of time, Bukhar till the end, is 288. So, like, how long does it take to... <coughs> so, the truth is, I'll tell you, the, um, there's a sefer we have from the Mekubalim, one, one of the Sfarlish Mekubalim. It's called uh, Beis Lechem Yehuda. 
Rabbi Yehuda Pesaya, his name was. He lived in the early 1900s, not too not too long ago. Maybe he died in the 50s or something like that. Maybe a little bit earlier. One of the great great mamasha. So his, his sefer uh, based lechem Yehuda is uh, phenomenal. It's a chiddush. It's it's basically a um, it's like a Rashi on on Eitzchayim from every result. It's a, it's a very big chiddush. The sefer that he wrote. So he was a Talmud of of the Bala Sadr, Rechaim Shol, Hakayim Dwek. And so, in, in, it's very interesting, in, in his Sefer Beis Lechem Yudah, one place, again, it's mostly just like a Rashi, but he, he does like a Taisvis once in a while too. But it's mostly just a, a simple Pirish on it. And he, it's, it's funny, he actually writes in the beginning that although he was a Talmud, obviously, from, from that Beis Medrash, which is very connected to the Rashash, that whole very complicated uh, system, but he says, I'm writing the Sefer for like beginners, so I'm just going to write it, even if I, even if, like it's connected the, the way of the Rajash, but like just for beginners. He says, and those that, when you get to more advanced levels and you look back, you look at you, you put what I said to the side and you know, you go with the Rajash. But the, so in one of the places he talks about this sogi of, of the uh, 288 and and he asked the question, like, you know, uh, how much are left already? So he said he had a dream. He had a dream. And it's a whole, it's a whole, uh, he was, he was a, he, he was a, not just a, t- he was, He's a initial key, you know, like a godly person, you know. There's mice like the, like with him. <coughs> mice like him with him, you know. He, he was not, uh, he's not a bunch of the person. Because he had this dream, and the dream was a whole, it was a whole, I, I'll tell you the truth, I, I didn't have a chance yesterday to look it up, but it's a whole, it was all, I remember being like a whole complicated dream of like, you know, what was, there was like this, the sudden was like carrying lo- loads of like sacks of whatever, whatever it is. And in that dream, like he, he felt that it was like a like a gilay of like how many tzitzis are left, makes calculations, and there's only a few left, and things like that. Like Imamish, that's a, you know, that's in the safer base lechem yuda. The, the truth is though, the truth is though that the, the the way to think of it is twofold. The way to think of it is twofold, and there's really no way. It's not a matter of numbers. One way to think of it is that these two hundred eighty-eight tzitzis kedusha. This again. The, the way of the way of kedusha is that is that everything is interconnected with each other. Everything is unity. It means that this process of finding tzitzit kedusha of two hundred eighty eight is contained in every single mitzvah that we do. So, for example, by by the mukabalim, this kavan of raising up two hundred eighty eight in tzitzit kedusha is true with every cup of water, with every every act of tzedakah, every time you interact with a yid. You know, everything you do in the world is being malo two hundred eighty eight in tzitzit kedusha. So it's not it's not like this is some total everything that's going on here, like it. Every single moment is the entirety of this sinyan. So uh, I, I mentioned the cliffhanger just to get you guys to come back. You know, so, <laughs> but it's no. But in, in the base lechem Yudah, he takes it like as a number. That's from beginning to end. That's the number. And he has this dream that was niskal to him that there's only a few left. But uh, but in the, in the way the rashash, it's more, the way to think of it is more that this is this is an experience. Every single moment, there's. 288 in every particular <coughs> moment. Instead of thinking it's like one big number, it's, you zoom in, this is a, and you know, that repeats itself every single time. How many times do you have to repeat this? Okay, that's, you know, that's the Rabbani Shalom's secret of when Gula comes. So we don't know, but we do know that our Vaid is to raise up these 288 of Mesra Pach to turn Eilam Hazen to uh, move it from chaos and just disjointed nothingness to a to hold on to the Zion times fifty two and to realize that there's uh there's Kedusha there. That's ultimately that's ultimately our vital.
Huh? The Yimlech V'yomos, right? That's, that's, that's the whole idea that Esav, again, Esav is something that you run away from, but even Yaakov Avinu's story, right? So he runs away from Esav. But then he engages with Esav. Because I'll even say, like, what are you doing? Why are you engaging with him? Uh, why are you starting up with him? But that Mahalach of Yaakov Avinu is exactly what we're talking about. Uh, you know, the, first, the initial thing is to separate. But then, as you separate, you can now gain balance and gain strength to then go back and hold on to his tail. Yeah. And so you see, even when Yaakov Avinu go, goes back and engages with Esav, and Esav says, okay, Mamash, let's become brothers, 100%. Yaakov says, uh, hold on. That much, no. In other words, Yaakov Avinu is, 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 is this balance. I'm going to hold on and attach myself to that part of Esav that's workable, to the Znav, to the tail of Esav, but I'm not going to embrace the whole thing again. It's that, it's that process of balance, not to separate in Gansan, but not to be completely, you know, all in once again, you know, because again, the, 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 idea is, the idea is to engage in the world with a sense of purpose. That, see, that, that's the main akud over here, is that when a person first comes into the world, then automatically the world is influencing you. You're sort of in that place of, oh, this is where I am. So I'll just, there's no, you know, you're, you're born into it. So automatically just everything, you're just taking it all in, right? And then all of a sudden the world is very much beyond you. But by separating from the world for that, you know, but obviously to whatever degree is possible, for whatever time is possible, to sort of that, have that point of separation. The idea is then when you go back in, it's not only you're going back in with a, with a, you know, with a sense of like, I'm not going to allow myself to get swallowed up again. But it's also with a sense of purpose now. Again, that's the point. You're, you're going for the purposes of fixing the world. And so all of a sudden, you're going with a different mindset of what? Of I'm not being mushpa, I'm not being influenced by the world, I'm not taking things in, I'm the one outputting, right? So that's, that, that, you know, again, it's a classic thing in, 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 in halacha also, right? That, in, uh, that, that while, while uh, if a vessel is, is giving out flavor, it doesn't bring in flavor and vice versa if it's bringing in it doesn't give it you know so you have to make that choice am i going to be influenced or am i going to be the one to influence those are the those are the choices that you make and and the, and, the, and the separation from gashmis to whatever degree not only allows yourself the spiritual strength to deal with the gashmis when you go back in but also gives yourself the moment to sort of process of of con- of making that you're making the decision of going back in you know what i'm saying like when you make the decision to go back in it means that okay why are you going back in for a purpose? So focus. So that. So then, so then, task at hand. Like, get it done. You know what I mean? As opposed to just this is where I am and Mela. You know, it's 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 a different. Um, you know that, that that sense of purpose is itself is itself half the battle. Because once you have that sense of purpose of like I know why I'm here for this particular reason, then automatically you're focused on that reason, and then nothing else is in. Like you just. You are the mashpia instead of the mushpa. That's the that's the big difference between between uh, you know a different person becoming swept up in gashmias as opposed to a person that is going with this approach of achayz b'znavai to get swept up. In, if a person is just takes it for granted that you're in the world and just you know then automatically you're 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 putting yourself in a in the world is now in a dominant position. So once you're in, once the world is in a dominant position, and like everyone knows, like in you know whether it be in in you know in wrestling or whatever it is, like the ikr chachma is not to allow yourself to get into that into that posi- into that even for a second where you where you're uh, you know where the other one is more dominant over you that they have you know um, you know they have the upper hand in terms of like you know uh, gravity you know what I'm saying like 
then it's done. It's yeah, done. It's over. It's not, it's not a matter of strength. It's a matter of who makes it first quick. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 No, that's exactly what it is. If you if you're in a position of, you know, a good offense, a good defense is a good offense. If you're if you're in that mode, then automatically it's much more likely that you'll be victorious. But if you're in that position of 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 being influenced, then already it's uh, then then you're con- then you're constantly just trying to behind you. Right. You're just defending from attack and. And at, the, and at some point you get you get worn out, you know, you get worn out. There, there, now what we're going to see in a second, there is an avoda. Okay, whatever. There is an avoda of um, what do they call it? What was it? Um, the rope adob, right? Right. There is an avoda of the rope adob, where you're. That, that's our big tzaddikim, right? Where you have uh, where you, you know what I'm talking about? Where, where he's, where he's like completely. Uh, what was his name? Whatever it is. Oh, Mahmoud Ali. Mahmoud yeah. So he's con- right with uh, with Foreman, right? So he was like constantly getting beat up. He he, he allowed himself to get hit, right? Because he knew he can take it. And then he just wore out his opponent. And then there was like a famous thing that like after a particular round, so and then you know Foreman gave him a real a real good hit at the end of the round. So so Ali whispered in his ears, "Is that all you got?" <laughs> and, uh, and and Foreman afterwards in the interview said. I was thinking to myself, yeah, pretty much. That that's that's pretty much all I got, and that was and that was the end. That was the end. And then the next round, you know, so there is there, there's an avoda. That that's that's you know, to allow yourself to get hit, to allow yourself to go into a place of klipa like that, and just know that you, you know, that's that's already entering territory of ver l'shmav. You know, that's that's not that's that's not uh, for the most part. You go in, you go on attack. But to allow yourself, that's already, that's more Purim, that's more Purim of Adlo Yadda. Why does it say, um, it, 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 it doesn't say Rayamas. Yeah. Right, so that, that's what we mentioned yesterday. So that last king represents our ability to fix the seven kings of Asaph and to have the Savaida of finding the 288 and amongst all the dead kings. And so the wife, the, the unity between the husband and wife means that 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 union of finding harmony. Right, so that's what the last king, it doesn't say he died. And it says his wife's name, Hatabel, because that last king represents our ability to find e- union and to find tikkun and to find harmony and balance, like a balance between a husband and wife in the world. It's also his wife, yeah. right, right. Now, the truth is, it's a very, very big, we'll start, we'll end with this, but this we're not going to go into. This is, again, we're just knocked dumb over here, so I have no reason to, you know, to make myself crazy with this, but in, 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 in Divrei Yomim, the, the list of, is a very big sogi, but in, the, in, the, in Divrei Yomim, in the list, when it lists the seven kings of Asaph with the eighth, with the eighth king, <coughs> there's a lot of differences. There's a lot of differences, and the names are slightly different. You know, it even says Vayamas by the eighth one. So there's a lot of differences over there, and that's a, we're not going to go into that. But it just you should know if you ever, uh, you know, sometimes you know, like like your you know old Rebbe used to say, if someone asks you in the street, what happens if a man gives a get to his you know, like. That, you know, so if, if a Makubal ever asks you in the street and starts talking to you about the seven kings of Asaph, you say, "Yeah, you know, different. Young man, you sound, you'll sound, uh, you'll sound better. Sound better. Okay. <laughs>